This is the Crescent Project, bringing you powerful teaching, testimony, and truth about God's miraculous movement in the Muslim world and how we as Christians can join Him in His kingdom work. I'm Matt Bonner, and I serve as the Communications Director for Crescent Project, a national Christian ministry focused on equipping the church to share the gospel with Muslims. You can find us online at crescentproject.org. Send us your feedback or questions to be answered on the program via email to radio at crescentproject.org. Greetings and welcome to Crescent Project Radio. Before we get started today, I want to make a quick plug for our upcoming Oasis Conference 2015. For the first time, Crescent Project will be offering our uh, annual equipping conference in two locations, one in the, on the West Coast and one on the East Coast, and they're in October and November, as we want to help uh, get the word out about that. This is our three-day workshop-driven conference where you can come and be equipped to reach Muslims with the gospel. Whether you're just starting out or whether you've been reaching Muslims for a long time, this is a wonderful equipping conference for you with 30 workshops or so to choose from. The theme this year is From Jihad to Jesus, Overcoming Evil in the Face of Rising Islam. And we want to send you to our website to check that out. Crescentproject.org forward slash Oasis is where you can learn about that conference. We'd love to have you join us. Again, it's crescentproject.org forward slash Oasis. We'd love to see you there. Today we're talking about a pretty controversial topic in the missionary world, uh, the insider movement. And we've got Reverend Dr. David Garner from Westminster Theological Seminary today with us in the studio. Welcome back, Dr. Garner. Thank you. Great to be with you again. Good to have you here. And uh, we're talking about the insider movement and talking with uh, Dr. Garner about his research and the things that he's learned about it. Uh, Just very briefly, Dr. Garner is the Associate Professor of Systematic Theology and Vice President of Institutional Advancement at Westminster. And he's uh, done a lot of work in uh, theological education, pastoral ministry, uh, parachurch ministries for a number of years, and uh, has been uh, around the world and has taught around the world and and has done quite a bit of research in this issue of the insider movement. So we've been talking about that, and we're talking about uh, the things that he has discovered, some key findings in insider movement. And uh, Dr. Garner, I wanted to ask you, as we continue this conversation, how should we protect ourselves from getting involved or with or being influenced by uh, this insider movement paradigm from a point of, of being a, a problem? And I, I want to start by actually sharing a quote. Before you answer, I want to share this sure. quote that I heard you share in a presentation about this. I love it. It was uh, from B.B. Uh, Warfield, and he said, The supremest danger which can attend a missionary in his work is the danger that he who has gone forth to convert the heathen may find himself rather converted by the heathen. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a strong one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know, and that, that comment from Warfields actually grew out of his personal interactions with those who were doing missions, interestingly enough, in the, in the Muslim world. Okay. Okay. And, wow. yeah. uh, he was giving a lecture to a number of, um, young folks who were anticipating going to the mission field. And so he, okay. this lecture was actually intended to provide both motivation and exhortation. Maybe I should say motivation and warning, uh, mm-hmm. about what it, what being a missionary actually involves. Wow. Yeah. So, it, you know, to, to answer your question through the lenses of Warfield, I, I think, you know, how do we protect ourselves from this? Well, certainly we need to think about protecting ourselves, uh, but I think rather than being in a defensive posture about this, right. 
um, pursuing this from the vantage point of what does it look like to be a faithful follower of Christ mm-hmm. who faithfully delivers the message of Christ. That's great. Yeah. So what, what right. does that look like? And right. I think part of the way that we protect ourselves is not operating out of fear, mm-hmm. fear of man, not operating out of fear of uh, I may get this wrong, so I better not open my mouth either. Neither of those is 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 right. Right, right. So uh, you know, I remember my father when I was growing up when he would give me his his brief uh, talks about moral uh, decision making. He would not uncommonly use the uh, the 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 metaphor of a pilot landing a plane, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he said, you know, the pilot always keeps his eyes down the center of the runway. If he looks off to the side, the plane is going to drift wherever his eyes lead him. So Mm -hmm. keep your eyes straight down the center. Well, in some ways, that I think applies here, and that is how do I know uh, that I will remain faithful and true to Christ in in proclaiming the message of the gospel? Right. Right. Well, we will all fail. Let me start with that. Sure. We all have. Yeah. We probably have today. Yeah. You know, yeah. not said something we should have said or said something we shouldn't have said, even as right. it relates to telling others about the Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. But the way in which we grow in this is moving towards him. How do we do that? Well, we need to know his word. Absolutely. We, we need to be so soaked in Scripture so soaked in the gospel, so soaked in the church itself um, through whom Christ has worked, the very entity that he says not even the gates of hell will prevail against. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. This is not a me and Jesus thing. This is about um, the way in which the spirit of Christ has been poured out to his church. So mm-hmm. even historical theology is important here in that regard, confessional theology. How do right. I know right. that I'm walking forward faithfully? Well, what has the church through the history of it understood about the gospel? Mm-hmm. So, yes, I need to open my own Bible, but I need to realize I'm not. it's not just about me and Jesus. It's about me. Me submitting myself to his lordship and the communications that he has given to his people in the word as understood by the church. Right. Amen. And so that Amen. that's a that's a a bit of a rambling way to say, you know, uh let's pursue Christ and understand him, and then what comes out of our mouth is going to be faithful. Right. Because that's- we're going to be so tethered to him, his lordship, and his word that we're not going to want to say anything else. Absolutely. Yeah, that's excellent. Excellent. Well, can you tell me then exactly what what is, what would an insider today be kind of defined as? Just kind of what's a quick definition of when you when we look, refer to someone who's an insider? Yeah, again, broad strokes here yeah, because yeah. there would be certain features. Let's just use Islam again as right. an example. There would be certain – here's one extreme. A Western missionary goes to a Muslim country Uh and enters a mosque and publicly converts to Islam as a means towards reaching the Muslims for Christ. That's one extreme form of the – that's what an insider movement advocate would look like. Wow. That has happened. Okay. Um, And I wouldn't doubt that it's not still happening in certain contexts. Okay. Okay. that's extreme. Yeah. Um, but then for those who are in a Muslim context, who are being encouraged by Western missionaries who may not publicly themselves convert to Islam, but may say to them, yeah, continue going to the mosque, 
continue doing your ritual uh, cleansings. Um, can continue, go, frankly, go to Mecca. Mm-hmm. You know, do, wow. do your do your uh, your Hajj. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Th- those would all be features where they would say you can still do that and and follow Christ because you can be a Muslim follower of Jesus, okay. which is a common expression right. for those on the inside. Okay, labels and identity. You know, this gets back to a question that we talked about in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, identity is a big thing. Who am I? Who is Matt Bonner? Right. You know, at the end of the day, who really are you? Right. Right. That's a question that has been taken on a a form larger than life in mission studies. Sure. And what has really been the the conclusion for most in varying ways is that I am who I am in my cultural context. So Jesus Mm. doesn't change that. Mm. Um, Mm. I am a Western now follower of Christ. I'm Mm. um, Mm. an American follower of Christ, Mm -hmm. Uh, whereas someone in a Muslim context is a Muslim follower of Christ or someone in an Indian or Hindu context is a Hindu follower of Christ. I see. Um, But see, that begs the question about who defines my identity. Right. Does my family, does my social connection, my socio-religious context establish it? Or does Jesus have something to say about that? Right. And so how do you identify? I know I'm moving beyond your question, but I have to just because of the the seriousness of this question. Yeah. the the identity question is actually directly addressed by Scripture. Mm, mm. So I am not first a an American. I am not first a Westerner. I am not first a middle class American. Right. I am, according to Scripture, first and foremost identified by Jesus. Right. Yeah. And before I was identified with Jesus, guess what? Those things also weren't the things that first defined me. According mm. to the Bible, I was a descendant of Adam and guilty in my sin mm-hmm. as one who is his descendant. Mm-hmm. So I'm either in the scriptural terms, I'm either in Adam or I am in the last Adam. Mm-hmm. I'm either in my first parent or I am in the one who is the head of the church who has called me out of darkness into light. My identity then as a believer in Christ is that which must redefine every other dimension of my existence, professionally, vocationally, familially. All of those things are shaped by who I am in Christ and actually guide me in terms of how I'm going to address those things. Absolutely. They're not neutral. Yeah. Yeah. If Jesus Christ's lordship means anything at all, it's comprehensive. It's, if it's not comprehensive, he's not lord. Absolutely. It's that simple. Absolutely. Wow. And so yeah, how do I – you asked me the question, how do I – what is an insider? Well, an insider is one who is continuing to practice religious practices because he has been informed and has come to believe that those religious practices are not of concern of Jesus Christ. So okay. he will follow Christ according to his socio-religious context first. Wow. That identity is what defines him before his in-Christ identity defines wow. him. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. That's really good. That that helps so much. Provide some context for for this discussion. I, I so appreciate that. Well, what are some? Um, let's talk about uh, some key arguments made by those proponents of the insider movement. We we touched on this a little bit uh, in the last segment. But what are 
I mean, I mean, I appreciate your observation, for instance, that this really is a theology of spirit versus a theology of scripture mm-hmm. framework that we're dealing with. But what are, uh, and I guess, so what are some key arguments then that, that, that the proponents of the insider movement paradigm make? In other words, in, in defending this and saying this is what we believe is true. Why would they, right. why do they say that? Great question. Uh, boy, there's a lot of ways I could answer that too. As part of my research on this, um, not only in my reading and not only in my interaction with some of the leaders on both by email as well as in the public forum and, and writing and responses, but I actually also sat down face to face, took the time to actually go to where a number of these leaders are, mm. sat down with them face to face because I wanted to, I, I wanted to really understand them. I wanted Absolutely. to know them as yeah. people and, yeah. and yeah. to hear, I wasn't able to do that with all the folks mm-hmm. by any stretch, right. but I did some core folks who I think it'd probably just be better that I didn't name, but I, some of them I have already, already named. I'll just put it yeah, that way yeah, right. in the last episode. Right. Yeah. Um, all I would say is that that was an extraordinarily illumining act to, to have that time. I bet. And, um, I bet. Yeah. one of them, and you just mentioned this passingly was a distinction between a theology of the spirit and the theology of, of the word. Yeah. One of the common pushbacks, uh, against criticisms that I and others have levied about the insider movement is that, you know what? This is a spirit guided movement. And so to be opposed to this movement is to be opposed to the spirit of the living God. Mm, mm. Do you want to be opposed right. to the work and movement of the spirit of the living God? Mm, mm, yeah. Um, what that presupposes, however, is that there is a, a way in which the spirit is moving and operating, A, that these advocates can see and claim Whereas others are looking at that same data and saying, that's not what it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's right. the first problem. Right. The, the second problem is more of a theological problem. Mm-hmm. I, not that the first one's not theological, but right. you'll see what I mean in just a minute. Yeah. It is to drive a wedge between what the Spirit is doing now and how he revealed himself in Scripture. So there's a theology of the Word that is a theology that is to be distinguished from and at times it sometimes goes in a different direction from what the theology of the spirit is well if you look a in the scriptures first of all the scriptures claim to be the very outbreathe the outspirited word of god right, that, that right. Is, the scriptures are living and active precisely yeah. because the spirit is the one who has breathed them out and he is the one that uses them to bring us from life to death and i'm i'm sorry from death to life and he's yeah. he's the one that that draws us from from darkness to light by the preaching of the teaching of the hearing of right. the, the word of god yeah the spirit works in and with his word absolutely and um so as as john calvin put it wonderfully the, the holy spirit is not embarrassed to be aligned with the word which he has given. Mm, mm, And I mm, think that's important for mm. us to appreciate that the spirit is not going to say something to us now or do something now that is contradictory to the way in which he's revealed himself. Mm. This gets pretty practical very quickly because as, as you look in certain contexts, not just in insider movement paradigm, 
but in in contexts where people are claiming to have personal and private revelations of the Spirit. Right. So, Matt, you have one, and you say, Dave, this is what the Spirit told me. And I'll say, well, guess what, Matt? The Spirit told me exactly the opposite. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which one of us is right? On what basis? On what grounds? And Mm -hmm. so the only grounds by which we have to measure whether is something is an act of the Spirit of God or not is the lens of Scripture. Right, right, yeah. Now, to be fair, John 3 speaks about the mysterious move movement of the Spirit that you, you don't always know what he's doing. And right. I'm not, I'm not arguing here to confine, confine the Spirit into a box. Sure, But yeah. what I will say, assuredly and with absolute conviction, the Spirit will not do something in his movement and work now among peoples anywhere that is contradictory to mm-hmm. what he has revealed in his word. He will not do that. Right. God does not contradict himself. Right, right. That's good. Wow, very good. And and then it kind of almost plays into, uh, I wish we had time, but we won't have time, that, but but it almost, I, we could, uh, could talk about the charismatic movement and yeah. talk about it's that whole thing. very much related. Yeah, very much related to that mm-hmm. discussion. Yes. Uh, Wow. Well, aside from um, some of the obvious concerns with the insider movement, what are some of the real dangers with allowing the insider movement to go on uh, unchecked or unchallenged? Well, I can think of a number. Yeah. Let's just say uh, that I, as a missionary, become convinced of this method mm-hmm. and uh, begin applying this method, and I encourage somebody to a syncretistic faith. At the end of the day, if they in that faith have developed a notion of Jesus, of the triune God of the Bible, that is not the same God, that they are actually worshiping a false God, I am partially culpable yeah. Yeah. For, for leading them down a pathway to utter destruction. Yeah. So the stakes are pretty high. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, absolutely. From that vantage point, we yeah. need to be careful that our methods are consistent with what Scripture calls us yeah. to. Yeah. So one That's of the great. dangers is that I can uh, lead people away from Christ rather than to Him. Yeah. Absolutely. The the, the second one is is uh, not so much about me. Uh, about what I am doing or not doing. But I think the church as a whole needs to recognize that the church's obligation is to hold our missionaries accountable yeah. for what they're doing and how they're doing it. Mm-hmm. There are obviously things that I, you know, we were missionaries in Eastern Europe. We lived in, in, in Eastern Europe. And mm-hmm. I, I know that there are certain things that I knew and understood as one living in Bulgaria that my supporting churches didn't know and understand. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that I had a, a kind of knowledge that would allow me to use methods that my church, if they knew about them, or my churches, if they knew about them, would be alarmed over. Yeah, sure. So one of the things that I think, if we leave this unchecked, I think the churches as a whole become... There, there's some culpability that is taken on by churches if we're not making sure our missionaries are holding fast and true to the gospel. Right, right. You know, part of this kind of takes us back to the Warfield question and quote yeah. earlier. Yeah. Um, what motivates us to change our message? Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, Warfield is very sympathetic here, and, and as am I. I mean, you, you, especially if you're in a place where the the ground is really, really hard. Yeah. And you're digging and you're hoeing and and, yeah. and and nothing seems to be happening. Right. Well, the question then becomes, after you've been doing this for years, 
what could I be doing differently? Yeah. How could I be saying this differently? Sure. Um, and is there a method or is there some language that I can now use that will be less offensive to the ears? Maybe I'll woo them to Jesus that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So this then reaches that, that very difficult point of when does contextualization become syncretism? Right. Right. Boy, those are difficult questions, but they're important ones. Yeah. And we need to be self-conscious of them yeah. and be, be, be mindful that we don't do that. So right. one of the risks of this going unchecked is that we will allow our missionaries to be guided by their emotions and to be moving in a direction where they're so sympathetic with wanting the, the lost around them to, to, to embrace Christ that mm-hmm. they'll actually end up unwittingly Right. No longer proclaiming the Jesus that they came to proclaim, which yeah. is exactly what Warfield was was wow. was getting at. Wow. And wow, I am boy, hard ground is hard ground yeah. and yeah. it is wearying. Yep. And we want to see results. We sure. want to see fruit. We, yeah. we part of our notion of faithfulness is 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 productivity. Mm-hmm. And um we just yeah, th- these these are some of the risks okay. that these things go unchecked that good. that uh our our motives will be guided by our emotions rather than than by the the, the Lord of the Church Himself. Right. Wow, very good. That, that's really good. What about the way we conduct ourselves when when reaching Muslims? I mean, what, what are some seemingly harmless practices that you've heard about that, that are really more problematic when you dig deeper? Yeah. For, for instance, uh-huh. don, donning a a hijab a, yep. as a woman to connect or relate to your Muslim friend. I mean, what are some things that uh, you could say? Well, about here's it? where I think the modern missions work, missiology from Fuller and other places has been very helpful, and that is um, we really do need to do the very best job we can to come in and understand a people, understand a culture, and yeah. that takes years yeah. to yeah. really to be able to absorb and recognize differences. You know, that's even true in English-speaking to English-speaking context. You know, yeah. if, you, if you live in, in the United States of America and you go to uh, to – to England and live. Yeah. You're speaking the same language, but the longer you're there, you realize that the way in which you think and the, the way in which you operate and even the way in which you use certain terms, it's not the same. And yeah. it, that takes yeah. time. Yeah. Well, that, if that's English to English, imagine, you know, going in from an English to an Arabic speaking context right. or some other language. Yeah. It takes a lot of work. And I think modern missions through its, its, uh, reliance upon cultural anthropology and sociology has on this level been helpful to us to okay. to yeah. to dig deeply now here's where i would want to 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 say we've got to be careful one we need to be careful that our missions methods are not driven by a cultural anthropological grid but the cultural anthropology serves uh, as a as a useful tool under the authority of Scripture, not over it, and right. so uh, practically speaking, that's really really important. Yeah. Um, yeah. But secondly, we need to recognize that what may not look like a problem actually may be. Yeah. Certain dress. Yeah. May actually convey something that we didn't have any idea that it conveyed. Yeah. Um, and on the on the contrary, we may resist certain dress that we don't need to resist. We just may find it uncomfortable and didn't want to do it right, as right. a Westerner that we actually should in order to engage those people and cultures okay. to, to yeah. do those things. That's How good. do you discern that? Well, right. 
you you got to do your work. You got to do your yeah. homework. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that 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 may mean that while you after you've been on the field for five years, you discover something. You go, you know, I shouldn't have been doing that, or I should have been doing this, mm-hmm. and I have to change midstream. Yeah. I'm convinced that the Lord will use that decision for those that are in your now your network of friends, where they're mm-hmm. going to go. Why did, why are you not doing that anymore? Right. Right. Well, let me explain to you why. Yeah. Here's why, and it opens. And it opens brand new vistas for mm. for for teaching uh, about mm. the, the headship of Christ. And that's great, very very helpful. What about? Well, I want to share a couple of quotes that I thought were pretty uh, pretty telling here. These quotes that you shared in your presentation uh, from a couple of these believers from Muslim background. I thought these were really telling because you know it's one thing for the church to take issue with this, but when you hear from former Muslims yes. who have a real problem with this right. and they, and they share their views. I it's really actually telling Let me, let me read a couple of these. Uh, this says, uh, not only is this insider movement concept improper, it is like poison mixed into food. It is a great sin and clear hypocrisy for a Somali Christian to say, I am a Muslim. Uh, that was from a fellow who I guess was a former, uh, Somali yes. Muslim. Yes, indeed. The second one here says, my friend, the message of the gospel offends Muslims. I agree with you, but it is okay. Don't worry. God will take care of the hearer. It is his message. Keeping Muslims from being offended will not further their conversion uh, to Christ. I have never seen a Muslim convert to Christ who was not offended first before coming to the saving knowledge of Christ. Yes, we need to offend them by being very clear about the teachings of Christ. That was a, uh, uh, a believer from Muslim background from, uh, from Turkey. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty telling. I mean, th- those those quotes coming directly from that, and I would say, would you say that's pretty pretty widespread that that most believers from Muslim background would would feel uh, feel that way about? You know, I to say most would require me to have a larger database of of context <laughs> right. than I have. Right. I mean, the, the world is vast. Yeah. Can I repeat those quotes from various contexts from around the world and various countries uh, where there are Muslims living? Absolutely, yes, and I have more of them. Yeah, I bet. A um, yeah. number yeah. of them through the years that, I, that I've talked to uh-huh. in various places around the world. Sure. So, yes, that is consistent with those that I think are really seeking to follow Christ. And some of them are following Christ at the risk of life and limb. Absolutely. And yeah. I yeah. – the, the respect that I have for these brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Who uh, risk themselves, their wives, their children? Uh, it is, it is astonishing. Yeah, it um, is. but it is. these guys uh, are—they're—they're they're aware that that Jesus has called us to that kind of being, being willing to die for Him. Absolutely. You know, Scripture's pretty clear yeah. about martyrdom. Absolutely. And, um, you know, with this, I, I think. A key text that maybe as we wrap up here, yeah, I think yeah. you're, you're 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 wanting to um, when when Paul writes the church in Galatia, yeah, you know it's it's the one letter where you don't see Paul opening up with warm fuzzies. You know, he <laughs> he, he, yeah. he dives right in yeah. full yeah. barrel mm-hmm. um, because he is so disturbed. And in in, in in verse six, he will he will say that he's astonished. That they are deserting the one who called them by by following another gospel as mm. if there were a different one. Mm-hmm. And what what is striking about that language to me is that Paul doesn't just say that they're deserting the gospel. They're not just deserting the good news. Mm-hmm. They're deserting God, mm. he says. You're deserting him right. who called you. Mm. Um, the Again... The stakes are pretty high. Yeah. Paul, you know, the greatest missionary in the history of the world did not see some sort of 
tension between theological faithfulness and missionary zeal. Right, right. For him, it was both. Absolutely. And I think, you know, there, there, to be sure, there are some that are so concerned that they get it all right and they, they don't have a, a heart that burns for the proclamation of the gospel. But there are some that have that heart that burns that are willing to say, let's just not make a big deal about the theology. Mm-hmm. Both of those errors are unacceptable. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and right. Paul, Paul here is warning the church in Galatia that she dare not leave the God who had called her. Mm. Mm. For some other would-be gospel, some other imposter, right? And um, I think as we as we move forward, as we as we pray for uh, the conversion of souls, as mm-hmm. we seek to proclaim the gospel, may we be mindful that there really is only one good news, and it's the good news that that Jesus Christ has died for sinners according Mm -hmm. to Scriptures, that he's buried, Mm -hmm. that he was raised from the dead on the third day according to the Scriptures. Mm -hmm. Um, For Paul, the gospel is grounded not in his own experience on the Damascus Road. It's not grounded in a, a consensus of what other people around him thought. He didn't tap into... Uh, a database of sociological research. It right. was what does Scripture say? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And so, as we go forward, let's be sure that our zeal is Christ-honoring zeal. Mm. Let's be sure that our message is a Christ-honoring message, mm. and let the results be had by the Spirit of God, who will draw all those to Himself, whom mm. He has called. Amen. He will Amen. not fail. He will lose none. Amen. Amen. Boy, isn't that an encouraging thing to remember? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much. I, what are as we wrap up here? I, I, that's a wonderful place to end there with the scripture. But the last thing I wanted to ask you was, what, what are some key resources that you could recommend for our listeners that they want to, you know, further their study or, yeah. or look online and read more about this? Yeah. Well, the, I think the first thing that I would commend would be the our denominational. Uh, research uh-huh. and work. Uh, there, there is a shorter version of that, um, a 30 page version of it for those who don't want to get into, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the deep weeds, if you will. Right. Yeah. Um, but that's accessible online and you can okay. look that up in, uh, on the PCA, the Presbyterian Church in America website. You can, okay. you can get to that and just look for the insider movement. Okay. Uh, and PCA and you can okay. find that document. That. Just Google that and yeah. you'll, you'll find it. I don't have okay. the URL right here at the right. top of my. Uh, head. Yeah. Um, and I, I would also say that a useful tool for a discernment about how to handle things in, in missions are documents like what your organization has put up on IM. Mm-hmm. But I would also encourage those to read that PCA documents, Affirmations and Denials. Okay. There's a section of Affirmations and Denials that actually provides some useful guardrails mm-hmm. for how you ought to think about these questions mm-hmm. to where we can be faithful to the Lord Jesus recognizing the contextual complexities and not allowing those contextual complexities to move us into syncretism. And so I think that's helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other other articles that have been written. Um, there, there's a, a, a man who is, is, is named um, Philip Mark is the name, his pen name that he goes by. Uh-huh. I think he's written some things on Reformation 21. Okay. Um, very, very useful as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Philip Mark is his name. And then... 
I also have a number of resources that I would encourage folks to look at as okay. well Great. Uh, on the Place for Truth website and a number of other places as well. The Themelios Journal um, is another place you can look at uh, an article called High Stakes okay. um, in which I, I really delve into some of the theological and biblical interpretation issues associated with this. Excellent. Excellent. So I'll well, leave that's, it with that. That's a lot of great resources. Yeah. That'll keep us busy. It'll keep yeah, you busy. That's awesome. Well, yeah. thank you, Dr. Garner, once again for joining us. It's been a real privilege and pleasure to have you with us, and it's been really insightful and really uh, helpful to us. Great. Uh, we well, thank about you this. so much for having me. I'm, yeah. I'm delighted to have been here. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's let's close in prayer. Sure. Lord, we thank you so much for this time. We thank you for the opportunity to discuss uh, this challenging topic of the insider movement. We thank you for Dr. Garner and, and his work and his research and his service to the Lord. And we just want to pray a blessing on him and his ministry and his work uh, with Westminster Theological Seminary. We pray that you would uh, bless his work and bless uh, his time and bless his family. And Lord, just give us the boldness and the courage and the confidence uh, to go forth and to share your gospel uh, with integrity mm-hmm. and with faithfulness, Lord, that many more would come to know you. Yes. And it's in the powerful, glorious name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. And once again, this is the Crescent Project bringing you powerful teaching, testimony, and truth about God's miraculous movement in the Muslim world and how we as Christians can join him in this kingdom work. I'm Matt Bonner, and I serve as the Communications Director for Crescent Project, a national Christian ministry focused on equipping the church to share the gospel with Muslims. We believe we have a hope worth sharing. You can find us online at crescentproject.org. Send us your feedback or questions to be answered on the program via email to radio at crescentproject.org. We hope you join us again next time on The Crescent Project.